In case of emergency, the exits are here, 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 anywhere. Keep your hands and arms inside the carpet. We Name is Hades, Lord of the Dead. Hi, how you doing? We dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy. What do you say? Come on. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Welcome, Ohana, to the Disney Guys Uncensored. This is episode 45, recorded on January 27th, 2020. We're your hosts, Drew and Bob, and on tonight's episode, we welcome back Jordana Izzo from Travelmation, an authorized Disney vacation planner, to help answer some of our listener questions, from the parts to the resorts and everything in between. So come, journey with us as we give our own answers to some of the Ohana's most burning questions. So, folks, we are bringing back the Disney News Desk this week because we have a couple things that we want to touch on. So let's head on over. Yes, as always, the Disney News Desk is sponsored by Patreon producer Jordana Izzo from Travelmation, an authorized Disney vacation planner. You can get a hold of Jordana at jordanaizzo at travelmission.net, all one word. And be sure to tell the Disney guys sent you when you book your next magical vacation. So, guys, some some really interesting stuff coming out of the parks this week and, and Disney Plus, believe it or not. So let's just get into it. Uh, there are some fast pass changes you all should be aware of. If you're headed down anytime after February 19th, because February 19th is the day that the Hollywood Studios tiered system is coming back. The biggest change for us here is that Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run in Galaxy's Edge will be a tier one or tier A, whichever your preference is, uh, along with Slinky Dog Dash. Those will be your only two options for tier one. You will get to pick one of those attractions. Your Tier 2 rides will be Toy Story Mania, Alien Swirling Saucers, or as we like to call it here on the program, S, the Twilight Zone Tower <laughs> of Terror, the Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith, Voyage of the Little Mermaid for some reason, Disney Junior Dance Party, and for the first time in forever, a Frozen Sing-Along Celebration, which for some reason still exists. So ultimately... For me, the big thing here is Millennium Falcon joining the traditional FastPass Plus lineup. Uh, It's interesting. We're covering a lot of your questions this week, and it's been asked of us what we think is going to happen with FastPass when everything's done. And I will tell you, I I wasn't taken aback by this, but it caught me off guard that this was going to FastPass as quickly as it did. Um, Andrew, Jordan, anything from you guys on that? Yeah, I mean... it definitely caught me off guard, but I'm excited to see this to kind of um, open up the, the gap and allow for, for more fast passive bookends of those other rides that you could never really mm-hmm. get earlier, right? So now yeah. um, Rock Roller Coaster, Tower Terry, you'll see a lot more fast passes being used, which mm-hmm. will be interested to see what that does to the standby line. Does it increase the standby line a little bit or not? I think that'll be something time mm-hmm. will tell and we, we'll have to keep an eye on. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, overall, I think it's for the better in a way. It, it definitely will help you secure that that if you can get one, the smugglers run. Um, but it, it's going to come down to one of those decision makings too now is when you go as a family, you know, look at, you know, my family and yours, Bob, like, oh, yeah, smugglers run. I want to do it. I'm a big Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. And then you have your kids that are like, well, I want to go on Slinky Dog Dash. Like, I love mm-hmm. Toy Story. So it's going to yeah. put that, that little disconnect in your family where, like, what do I do, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you know how to use Rider Swap correctly and your age, your kids are the right age, you might be able to do both. And, and this just in, I did miss some Tier 2 uh, attractions as well. Apparently, Indiana Jones, with a 3,000 per show <laughs> capacity, needs FastPass Plus, as does Muppet Vision 3D, Fantasmic, and Beauty and the Beast Live on stage. Those are all Tier 2 as well. And if you use one of those as your fast passes, you're doing it wrong. Um, this from a site uh, that we follow a little bit, uh, Walt Disney World News Today, or WDWNT. They're one of the first to report this. That's why we're kind of giving them the credit on it. Not the not the first, but the first that kind of reported it in the states that we follow. Uh, obviously, due to the outbreak of the coronavirus in China, there are travel restrictions and, and, and a, a lot of bad, nasty stuff going on. Uh, over in Asia, uh, but Shanghai Disneyland, Disney Town, and Hong Kong Disneyland are temporarily closed. Uh, the Shanghai Disney Resort website uh, had the following message: uh, In response to the prevention and control of the disease outbreak, and in order to ensure the health and safety of our guests and cast, Shanghai Disney Resort is temporarily closing Shanghai Disneyland and Disney Town, including Walt Disney's Grand Theater and the Wishing Star Park starting January 25th of 2020. We will continue to carefully monitor the situation and be in close contact with local government, and we will announce the reopening date upon confirmation. Shanghai Disney Resort will assist in the refund of four guests who have purchased tickets for admission to Shanghai Disneyland, have booked a hotel resort, or have booked tickets for Beauty and the Beast, the Mandarin production, through the original ticket purchase channel. We will introduce the detailed procedure and guidelines via the resort's official platforms as soon as possible. So it's kind of a big deal. Obviously, they're trying to prevent mm-hmm. the, the, the spread of it, uh, the spread of this, this terrible disease. Um, it, it's not surprising. I, uh, we haven't heard much about a, a reopening potentially happening in the next uh, week or two. But, um, you know, th- this has far reaching impacts on, on a lot of different arms of the park. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, what comes of this? I'm not saying they're going to cancel the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster or, or the Tron roller coaster because they're so far along, but will this have implications for future projects in the near term uh, with the with the lack of money coming in from both of those both of those properties? So so very interesting stuff to keep your eye on um, and a serious situation though, very serious situation, and uh, hopefully we get it cleaned up sooner than later. Uh, Disney Plus, uh, Andrew's very excited about this one, yes. ha- re- received an update on January 24th. Version 1.2.2 promises an optimization of streaming quality. Download the update today. Andrew, you've had problems with it. I, I yeah. have not had any problems with it, but you have, so I'm going to let you talk about it for a minute. Right, so I, I had, I don't into the specific details, but I had the problem with... Um, Sometimes getting errors and and the the program shutting down and I also had I also have that issue yeah and I also had the buffering issues but it was weird because 
the buffering issues were every time I started a new program and it was always between like that 20 and 30 seconds into it, it would buffer for only about five to eight seconds and then it would, would just continue and, and never buffer again. But I do use an iPad and I throw it to the TV through a Google Chromecast. So that might have been something that was not really fully optimized versus Bub and Jordan. I don't know what you use, but versus like the, the TV, smart TV mm-hmm. app channel. Yep. Right. I use the Xbox. Like I have that connected. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but I still, I get that buffering issue. Um, but hopefully it gets better with this. Do you, now, do you get it just one time in, early on or no, you did like throughout the program? Um, if I'm watching like multiple episodes, like back to back, I'll, it'll come up again. But usually I get it, you know, at first, like you said, within like the 20, 30 second mark. And then okay. we'll get it, you know, a couple episodes down the road as well. Also, I mean, it's not like a game changer where like you have to close it or it's 30 or 60 seconds. No. no. Again, it's just five to eight seconds. It's just, I always found this weird. It's, it's legit, usually 20 to 30 seconds in. It's more of an inconvenience. Yeah, but my kids have now adapted to it, and they just used to it. Right. <laughs> but. I have no problem with uh, my Disney Plus at all. I have direct connection to the TV, so for me, it's pretty much hardwired in, and the app is right on the TV. So, Jordan, I have a question. Are you using your Wi-Fi with your Xbox, or is that hardwired as well? Uh, the Wi-Fi. Yeah, So, it's, I, and again, Andrew, I know we talked about it offline, that there's no reason that we live in a a fairly advanced civilization that our Wi-Fi should be able to handle this app. So it'll be interesting to see if this 1.2.2 that promises optimization of streaming quality uh, does deliver on the goods. Uh, more to come on that. Absolutely. Uh, also in Disney Plus news, for our listeners across the pond, uh, Disney Plus and Sky Network are reportedly close to coming to an agreement that would bring Disney Plus programming to Sky Q subscribers. The Telegraph first reported on the news saying that Sky and Disney were putting the final touches to a multi-year partnership over the weekend. Uh, the Disney Plus app is already set to expand to the UK on March 24th with subscription costs set at Five pounds ninety nine pence per month, or fifty nine pounds ninety nine pence per month uh, per year. Uh, so the app will still be available on its own, according to reports. However, this partnership would mean that Disney Plus content would also be integrated into Sky Q, allowing subscribers to bundle their Disney Plus subscription with other services like Comedy Central and MTV. You'll have to forgive my ignorance. I do not understand how cable companies work in the UK. But for us here, we get Verizon. Oh, that's what I have. Um, it was, if you signed up for it or you new subscriber, you get Disney plus for a year. It doesn't quite sound like it's the same the way they're explaining it. It almost seems like you can bundle it like you do with Hulu and ESPN plus you can bundle it with comedy central and MTV, which <laughs> seems like random things to bundle Disney Plus with, but um, if you are from overseas or across the pond, give us a shout and let us know what the hell that actually means. Drew, Jordana, let's go to the topic of the week. All right, topic of the week. We are excited. Uh, We got a ton of feedback, and tonight we are focusing on all of the questions that all of you guys, the listeners, have reached out to us with. So, before we even get started, we want to say a big thank you, and we're just going to 
you know, rather than interrupting the flow of the questions and telling every person that that asked this question, we're trying to just send a big thank you and then get into it. So, um, so some of the people that asked questions were, and again, a big big thank you. Whether it was through Facebook, it was in person, uh, emails, um, live videos tonight, uh, whatever it was, we did. We thank you. So here they are: Tim Candy, Tim Off, Elliot Prezun, Chris Chamberlain. Chris Strait, Peter Tetralt, Sean McDermott, Greg Cook, Eric Pichet, John Blanco, Eric Trafera, and Ali Charbonnet. Thank you all so much for all the questions you had. We hope that we can at least do some diligence and, and get you the answers that you guys are looking for tonight. And we kind of what we did was write down all of the questions and put them into five categories, which kind of fall into transportation, dining, resorts, the parts. And then, of course, my favorite, <laughs> mystery bots, because, um, you know, sometimes you just see a lot of mystery bots in our life. Sometimes I need too much of it. But um, All the time you need too much of it. You know, yeah, it's okay to have some mystery bots fun. I guess. So, anyways, we're going to start off with transportation. And we have a couple of questions here regarding. So, the first question we had is... Um, I have heard you guys mention the Magical Express quite a few times. What exactly is it and how does it work? So I know we did mention it quite a bit last episode on making sure that you reserve it and that you're putting in your um, flight information if, if you are flying through an airport there. So what the Magical Express is, is it is only for um, Orlando International Airport. So if you are flying into Walt Disney World, um, listen up. This is something you want to you want to hear about. If you are taking a driving in, if you're taking a train in, or any other method that you're getting there, you won't really need the need for this. So once you land International Airport, you are going to find your way to down. Um, Bob Jordana, help me out. I don't know if we know the exact date number, but there are signages everywhere on how to get there. Um, Actually, correct me if I'm wrong, Jordana, when when you get your information in the mail before you leave, don't you get a layout of the terminals? Yes. So you actually get a full map and it'll say like it'll show like the escalators. You go down two escalators. You go from level three to level one. Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Right. So. What you do is you go down there. You, again, you don't need to get your luggage at all because you put your you put your special luggage tags on there that are going to show up in your room magically. You're going to go down to level one, and you're going to walk all the way to the end. Legit, just keep walking. You'll get there eventually. There's some bathrooms there in case you need to take a little you know pit stop off the off the plane. And once you get there, you're going to have like a little podium with a couple lines. You know, any podium. And they're going to scan your magic band. So make sure you have your magic band ready. And then they're going to tell you which line to go in. Uh, there's probably like numbers 1 through 12, let's say. And essentially, each one of those numbers represent a different hotel resort. So depending on what resort you're staying at, you would get in that line based off what the, the cast member at the podium tells you. You're going to get into into that line. And then you are going to wait. Um, if you're lucky, you're going to wait just a couple minutes. If you're unlucky, you're going to see the bus pulling out and you're going to have to wait for the next bus to show up. I'd say, I mean, I think the most I've ever waited was maybe 30 to 40 minutes. Uh, they'll even try to work with you and throw you on a different bus depending on where your resort's located. 
and they will team up the re, the re different resorts, right? So they, they look at resorts that are close to each other, and they'll pair you up with them. And it's a, a standard coach bus. They're going to take all of your carry-ons and your strollers and things like that. They're going to throw them underneath the bus. You're going to get onto the bus. They're going to play a cool little um, – you know, it's not as cool. They, they used to play, what, all of, like, the, 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 the old-school cartoons. Now they have more of, like, a welcoming video that kind of helps us plan your destination. Well, yeah, I think what happens here is they do play the welcome video and talk about the, the parks, but they do throw some cartoons on there depending on uh, how long the trip is and, and where you are on the drop-off line. So okay. they do, they do play both yeah. yeah, absolutely, because it, it, it's going to range a little under an hour to get to your resort. Hopefully you're the first stop. Um, if you're lucky, if not, it will just be a little bit longer. And that's going to drop you off front of your resort. So that's what the Maginot Express is. It's going to get you from the hotel to the resort for absolutely no cost. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, do you guys have anything else you want to add on that? or? Yeah, I mean, just a couple quick tips here yeah. is that they do recommend uh, at least 10 days in uh, prior to arrival that you have to make the reservation with Disney to do it. So uh, we do recommend the reservation is as early as you can when you have your flight information. Uh, but, you know, about that five to six week time frame, you can call them up, confirm everything, whatnot. Um, they do recommend tipping the driver one to two bucks per bag, depending on uh, what you have for carry ons, because, again, this is a free service. But they do recommend tipping the driver as you would a normal driver in this instance. Um, and Jordan, I know you talked about it last week. We do have the special luggage tags that you get in the mail, and Drew, you mentioned it, so they must be on mm-hmm. your bags when you check them at the airport. But other than that, uh, just if you're looking for the exact location, it is main terminal, uh, B-side level one. So oh. if you fly southwest, you actually just kind of go down a series of stairs, elevators, escalators, and you, you go from there. Um, but do keep in mind that MCO... Uh, is a giant facility oh, at yeah. Orlando International Airport. So they have a monorail themselves. Uh, so you do want to look for Terminal B when you are going to the main building. So that's it. I mean, it's just simple stuff like that. So, Jordan, anything else you want to add? You will learn at the end of your trip that the ride back is called the Tragical Express for a reason. <laughs> I mean, what's your reason? You'll be ready to plan your next trip. So, so you should you should recommend. I don't know if we talked about it at all today, yesterday, whenever we talked about it, but uh, they do pick up about three hours before your departure flight. We're at the yeah. So you do want to keep that in mind booking your departure flight. You do not want to take a 10 a.m. flight, or hell, you don't want to take that 7 a.m. flight because picking up at 4 a.m. It's brutal. Uh, you might catch it two hours depending on when you're flying, but it is usually about three hours in advance of yep. your airline uh, departure. That's that's a great point, right, guys? So when you are planning your trip and you're going to rely on the Metro Express, remember to keep that in mind that you want that extra park ticket maybe that last day. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit later, too. You might want to reconsider that because if you have a 1 o'clock flight and you're like, oh, I can get a couple hours in the morning, you're leaving at 10 a.m. now. And the security lines at in, in uh, Orlando International can get long. Um, if you have like the TSA quick check, or actually, what the hell is it called? Um, the pre-check, pre-check. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have the pre-check, and it's usually good for my whole family, so it's it's fairly good. But if you don't, I've seen lines up to like two-hour waits, and um, trying to get through security can be a pain. The other option is is I mean you could always pay for 
a different service to show up an hour before. But again, you're you're playing the risk of getting through that security, right? Regardless Correct. if you have pre-check or not. Um, mm-hmm. I the agree. other question we had here for just just only two questions for transportation. So the other one was is what is your favorite form of transportation? Um, we've talked about this a lot, but let's just do another quick recap. So Jordana. Um, I really like the Skyliner. I just, you know, experienced it the last time I was there and I just really thought it was super quick and convenient and, you know, I was, I wasn't expecting it to, I wasn't expecting to like it. I was actually expecting to hate it just with, you know, how much heat it's gotten. But, um, I actually, now I'm hoping they expand it to more resorts and to more parks. Yeah, and I, actually, that's, that's a great. I was actually just talking to somebody who got back this weekend, and uh, they said the good thing they liked about the Skyliner was is the lines are constantly moving, and they they you really don't have to wait too long. So though you might see a big line, it does move fairly quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob, what about you? Oh please, if you've listened to any of these shows done about transportation, it's minivans all the way. So, Bob, why don't you give the 30-second elevator speech for what the minivan surf- service is for those that, that maybe have not listened to our episodes, which would be a little, you know, hurtful. It's, it's, it's a very <laughs> expensive lift. Um, Correct. So, it, it's, um, it's done through the Lyft app, yeah, similar to uh, Uber, but it's Lyft. Um, little pink mustaches, that's what you get. But you get the minivan, uh, I think they're Chevy Traverses or Chevy... Um, I don't know, terrains, I don't know what the hell they are, the vehicle they are, but anyway, uh, so you get the theming, but what I really like about it is it's a personal, it's a Disney employee driving the vehicle, you got some really solid music loops in there, and the good thing for me with two kids, and and I probably won't go again with this situation, but uh, two car seats are are installed and everything's Mm -hmm. good to go, Um, so if for me, I mean, listen, you're going to spend about 20 bucks each way at a minimum. Uh, it could probably be up to 30, 40. Um, but if you're looking them, they go anywhere on property. So it's kind of a, a different take on transportation, but when you have a lot of free options, it's interesting Mm -hmm. that I'm picking, you know, the one that isn't free, but, but for me, uh, the minivan was so, so useful and so helpful in a lot of ways when you're kind of getting to try to go to the contemporary for Chef Mickey's yep. or, or wherever you're going. So I, that, I love them. That's a great point, Bob. And, and you're right. It can get expensive, but there's certain opportunities that's well worth the cost. You know, one mm-hmm. example is if you are trying to get the park uh, at rope drop and you just don't want to deal with, with everyone trying to get through the buses at the same time. Um, another one is I actually used one when I went to be our guest for breakfast when mm-hmm. we had the 8 a.m. breakfast. And the park didn't even open to nine. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you probably wouldn't have gotten a bus ride there because the buses don't start until one hour before park opens. So I would never have made my 8 a.m. reservation. So I didn't really have a choice there. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is if you ever wanted to use like your own personal Lyft or Uber, you can do that. But remember, mm-hmm. the, the, the beauty of the minivan, though it's more money, and like Bob said, the cast members are, are all amazing people with valid information. You're going to get out of them what you want. If you want to make conversations, they're, they're really helpful. 
but they drop you off no different than a bus stop where you get very close to the entrance versus the the non-Disney related Lyft or Ubers or any type of service like that. It's going to drop you off almost in the parking lot much further from those drop-offs so they don't have the ability or access. Well, Andrew, that's an excellent point. Specifically at Magic Kingdom, you get dropped Mm. off across the Seven Seas Lagoons. Oh, yeah. You either have to – you get dropped off the Ticket and Transportation Center. So you either have to get on the monorail or that ferry across Seven Seas Lagoon – to actually get to the park. Correct. So, yep. Yeah, because, you know, they're not going to let you in, right? They have the people, you know, monitoring mm-hmm. who comes in and out of the parking lots, the bus stops. They're not going to let the standard Lyft or Uber drivers in there. That is a privilege for the minivan service. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to go crazy and spend the money, you could go use it all the time. But if you want to use it smartly, again, reach out to us because we'll give you perfect examples. And I think we just named a few, but it is an amazing surface. I agree with you, Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with buses just because it's kind of been around for the longest time and it is convenient. And I don't know, there's something about it that it's like, for me, since it's been there for so long, it's part of my Disney experience. I just think of all the times where like you have the late night rides home when they turn the lights off and you have your kids sleeping on you or, you know, you're standing up and you're exhausted. It's just, it, it has that like Disney memory for me where, even in the the mornings, like you're waiting out there, you're so excited, you're going to go to a park with a rope drop, and you're, you're talking to other people, and you're interacting with other people, and you're mingling, where a lot of the other services are more catered towards your private sector or individual. So uh, I always love the buses. I don't know why, and um, it's, it's not the most efficient, but I enjoy it. So. Well, because you don't like boats. Well, yeah, boats are out, out of the question. No, I mean, and that goes back to the one experience I had where it was sunset and I was on the wrong side of the boat and I literally got sunburned from my boat ride. I but, will uh, say that if I, you give me a free option of transportation, I, I do love the water taxis myself. So that bad. would be my that would be my pick. And again, if you want details, uh, episode six of our of us <laughs> transportation and recreation is. It's an absolute blast. And I'm going to be honest, it's actually one of our top five most listened to ever episodes. And I um, think it's one of your favorite episodes. You love it, that episode. It, it it was it was awesome. We just we really got to open up as ourselves and really just kind of had fun with it. So um, give that one a listen if you have not listened to it. So that wraps up transportation. Again, any other questions that we didn't cover, please remember to reach out to us and we'll be happy to talk to you um, on that. So let's move over into our next little mini segment here. Uh, dining, Bob, take wow. us away. Yeah. Heaven help us. You get the one guy that does want to talk about food on the podcast, talking about food. Yep. Um, so we have, uh, Andrew, would you say it's fair that the most questions we get is, a, are about dining, just not even the dining. Plan, yeah. I mean, where they should eat, what they I should think, eat, how they know, should eat. How many people emailed us? 12 people or whatever. I'm going to say 10 of them asked this question. Yes. You said that's uh, in some, in some shape or form, maybe not word for word. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, not word for word, but certainly people. And again, I, I would like to say that we've covered dining extensively more than I probably would ever like. And I'm going to be honest with you. We're not done with dining yet. We're still going to go because it's just so uh, it's fluid. A big part. It's a big yeah, part of it, dining is a fluid situation at Disney where there's so many great restaurants, so many places to eat, so many options. And that's not just for what you're going to eat because, Jordan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to you on the first question because okay. I feel like you might be the most qualified to answer it being in the business that you're in. Despite mine and Andrew's obsession to fight over the dining plan – 
I think you might be the diplomatic voice in the room to answer it. So the question we got was dining plan for simplicity or pay as you go for the possible savings. Before you answer it, I will say that despite Andrew's best efforts and my best efforts to sway people one way or the other, I think you do save money in the dining plan. Andrew says you don't. So that's all me and Andrew are going to say about it. Unless he gets fired up, Jordana, tell us. (laughs) Simplicity or pay as you go. So I'm going to be on the team dining plan with Bob right now. Um, I always think it's worth it. Personally, just Mm -hmm. I like the fact that you're prepaying for it and you spend enough money like while you're down there um, that you might as well prepay for something. um, Get it away. Um, You know, there are there's actually something that just came out today where they were saying that they raised the prices at a few of the character dining restaurants. Mm -hmm. So now going and paying per person has gotten more expensive than if you have a dining credit and we can break it down with the prices. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did talk about the prices the last episode. Oh, you stopped that. They went up like a dollar. They went up four to five dollars per person at some of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, well. All right. So, Jordana, the million dollar (laughs) question on dining is, would they offer the dining plan if it wasn't making money? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking of all those snack credits that just go to waste. <laughs> uh, right. Ask Bob, ask Bob about those. No, we're not going to talk about that. You still have them in your pantry. You still have Goofy Candies? I don't want to tell you that that's untrue, because I don't know <laughs> that it's true. But, it, I mean, my wife did just clean the pantry out, so they might be in the trash. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> we had, in fact, and hopefully none of my, my nephews or, or brothers are, are listening to this, but... Or maybe they are. Who knows? But ultimately, I, I do remember we we hosted Christmas the year that we went there last year, 2018, not 2019. So you know, year, year almost two years ago. Two years ago this December, a year ago now, 2018. And um, not necessarily for like the favors, but like for desserts after the desserts and everything, we literally took out a giant bowl of Disney candy and gave each of the nephews a bag and said, "Here, kids, take what you want." Because we had so many snack credits left that we ended up transferring, or not transferring, but we ended up quick service meals we didn't use, so we transferred those down to snack credits, and it was, I, I still would do it again. I would absolutely well, do it like again. Sounds like a little bit of regret in your voice there, but No, because I would still do dining plan if only because if you're going to eat meals, and this is the one thing I'll say about it, if you're going to go to a sit-down meal once a day or one and a half times a day and people are well how do you how the hell do you go to one and a half times a day but i mean over the course of a seven day vacation if you go to to you know eight or nine sit down meals and mm-hmm. some of them are character meals it's worth it to me i, I think it, it makes sense to pay for it up front cool. and i'm not we, we we have the the recording of me and andrew arguing about that if you'd like it please reach out to us we'll put you in a patreon tier and we will get you set up and you can <laughs> listen to that fight it's epic people love it you know but i think you mentioned this and i don't know if this was last week this week last (laughs) month or in person but you talked about where if you are i think it was last week if you are making these character dining reservations right that you're making you are saving money there because these these add up but what you're doing is let's say you go to the restaurant for an hour hour and a half even and you're seeing all these characters and characters and characters. You Correct. now no longer have to wait in those lines, like you said earlier, 
outside of there, right? Mm -hmm. So it's you're almost double dipping here, where you're seeing characters, you're eating food, which you would have done anyway, and now you don't have to go wait in line at, for example, the Fairy Tale Hall in Magic Kingdom to go see two princesses get out of line, go back in line to see the other two princesses, where you literally just saw those four princesses, let's say, while you ate dinner at the royal table. So, you know, it, it it is a valid point that you are double dipping and saving a lot of time as well in the parts. So, Jordan, I think you've done it. I think you've made Andrew a believer in the dining plan. No, 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 no. I've no, done no. the impossible. I'll never do it. I take I'll full never, credit, Bob. I'll you never should. do it. You should. I'll never do the dining uh, plan. We'll see. We'll see. So, um, the next question we got, and it's piggybacking with the same idea. Are the meal plans worth getting for the kids if they don't typically eat a whole lot? Since we are first-timers, is there any resources that we should read or watch as prep for planning? But Jordana, again, you've done a lot of research on this dining topic, so I will defer to you in a second. I will say this, that my kids eat absolutely nothing. Andrew will <laughs> attest to that. Well, you're um, not much better yourself. No, but I'll eat. But every restaurant there has some sort of steak or, or yeah, some chicken dish that I will eat. Steak or burger or chicken. No, or, or chicken. Right. So yeah. So ultimately, yes. If we went to an Italian restaurant, I would get you know chicken parm, which is you know, whatever it is, what it is. But no, I'm not going to go eat at at uh, Todd English's Blue Zoo or, or or Flying Fish and get salmon. No, that certainly isn't happening. But uh, anyway, for me. The, the kids' meals are, are inconsequential because ultimately you're, you're going to have to get them anyway. But what you're paying for the kids' dining plan per day, you'll make up in the pretzels and the popcorn and the various snacks they get and what they have for breakfast. So I, I, I think yes. I think if, if you are going to go and you're going to get the dining plan, it, the kids shouldn't be the thing that holds you up regardless of how picky they are. Um, but in terms of resources you should read and watch – uh, I think Jordana has some more information than I will ever give you on that. So I will turn it over to her. So um, the second part of the question with the resources and stuff, if you just look up Disney dining plan on, on YouTube, there's millions of suggestions of people's experiences or breaking everything down um, or just listen to a podcast. So, like this. So, so, so hard stop for a second. Cause I, I know you've got to, have you done the research yourself? Have you watched these YouTube videos of people breaking down the Disney dining plan? I have. <laughs> it's I incredible. have. Because when we saw the notes before the show, and, and again, if you've listened to us, you know that we have a, a Google Doc with notes, and Jordana put all these notes in for, for some of these questions. And we said to her, what the hell do you mean you're watching Disney dining plan YouTube videos? <laughs> but I guess there are real things. I looked them up, and they're well, there. I think, She's, I think we're in the wrong business. I, I think Listen, so. You know how many different clients I have that come up to me and say, okay, wh what should I look up? Where, where should I go? Yep. And there's only so many times I can say, Hey, go listen to this podcast. <laughs> no, there's not too many. You just say that every single time. Episode number this episode number that. It's a mutual <laughs> business relationship, my friends. That's right. That's <laughs> so what right. I think what she's telling us, Bob, is we need a YouTube channel with, with dining breakdowns. Well, I go. think hey. I think I think that we have someone on the line right now that is more than willing to do our YouTube channel with dining. So, <laughs> Jordana, just send it to Andrew, and we'll see if we can get it uploaded. All right, Love, sounds good. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also did mention, like, if your kids are the type of people that are the type of kids that just kind of like pick and they are, mm -hmm. you know, won't sit down and have a full meal, it might not be for them. Uh, the dining plan, but. 
Also, I remember going and you could get like an uncrustable sandwich and like one of those go-go squeezes. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they don't want it right then, then you can kind of throw it in the bag and give it to them in line when they're ready for it. Now, as uh, long as you don't bring ice into the parks, we can't stress that enough. There is bring- no ice in the parks. So, um, yeah, so I, I said I, I'm kind of contradicting myself, but either yes. way, I, I really don't see it, um, I guess, being the wrong answer. I think she's officially one of us now, Drew. She's contradicting herself in the middle of a paragraph. That's well uh, done. I, I mean, I, I do that every day in my life. <laughs> so you're saying you're saying your life is a contradiction at this I point. I shouldn't have ate that cookie. I mean, how many times have we all said that? Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. Real real side note. I tried a sugar-free Mountain Dew today. It lasted about three sips, and I threw it out. It was garbage. Yeah, that was a mistake. It was, it, was a, it was awful, awful, awful stuff. So, uh, Andrew, do you have anything to add about that? I know you're not a huge dining plan guy, but would you would you let your children hold up that decision? And I'm not saying that. I, I, I Your kids are great, and they eat more well, than I mean, kids Yeah, do. I, I think you got to think about that. I absolutely think you do, because um, I don't want to jump ahead, but I think one of the questions we talked about last week as well was, is can you get it for like maybe only half of your kids? And the answer is no, right? You need to have it for the whole family or not the whole family. And if I have a three- or four-year-old that – I know it's not going to eat a meal every time. I'm still paying the money for it. So I think that is something you need to consider about where if you didn't have the dining plan, could your two kids share a meal? Um, could, could your kids almost pick off of your plates? So I, I think that's something you do need to think about. Now, I, to Jordana's point, if your kids are older and, and they're getting you know, steaks, and I, I even know Jay has talked about in the past where his kids go get a snack as a as a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. So, right. so it is a little bit different depending. But if you have young kids, for me, it's a hard no. I mean, I, I there's no way I can find my way around that. Simple. I don't need to get into the, the other part because you didn't get me on an edge, and I don't feel like going there right yeah. now on this topic. Excellent. So the next question was, should I get a place that has a kitchenette to break up the cost of the dining plan? Also, these people have kids that are picky eaters, which seems to be a developing theme here tonight in the Ohana. Um, no, I don't. I don't. Uh, here's the thing. I, I think that you and I think me and Andrew very quickly crushed the numbers of lunch today. If you were to get a room that had a kitchenette, one, you're paying more for that room. So it's very difficult to say if you're going to get a kitchenette with a, with a stove and, and whatnot. Um are you really saving money over the course of the dining, over the cost of the dining plan? Um, if you get free dining, uh, then just get the free dining. If you're paying the full price for the dining, um, I, I would say, I don't know how much you're saving. You're going to save on food, but you're going to pay more for the room. So it's all relative. I don't know that you save anything mm-hmm. um, unless you're just referring to like having a fridge or something, then yeah, by all means, whatever, do what you need to do. But, but for me, Looking at it, I would say I, I just don't see the benefit of getting the room with the kitchenette because of how much more that room is going to be compared to the cost of the dining plan. I don't think you save anything in the long run yep. uh, by paying more for the room. Agreed. I think the other part of that, Bob, right, too, is this, is you can't just hop in your car and drive down the street to the nearest Costco, stop and shop, wherever you want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You need to now pay for an Uber, pay for a Lyft. You need to go to a market. Uh, again, this is this is all speculation. You didn't have your own car, right? And um, and then go get those things and come back. God forbid, you forgot something. And mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so that that's in a way time, right? So now now you're looking at the cost of what how valuable is your time, mm-hmm. and you know what are, are you going to be making lunches and bringing with you into the park? Are you going to be making burgers and hot dogs? I mean, if you're making steak for dinner, <laughs> there's no you're, point. You're going to save, <laughs> but right. So I I think you're going to look at there's there's so many different things. Um, and we'll get into the next category with resorts, but the way the resorts are broken down, it just seems to me like a no-brainer that a kitchenette's not really needed. Correct. Jordana, what do you got? I agree. that I don't really think that they are needed. Um, the only thing that I would suggest on the picky eater topic is all of the menus are available online. Um, you can just kind of, you know, even go through on the My Disney Experience and just look at the different restaurants. You can see and make sure there are some things that your kids will eat. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're going to get into some very quick things. Um, Jordana, what is the best character meal on property? I'm going to go Chef Mickey's. Okay. And that's at the Contemporary. Uh, the Contemporary. The, on the uh-huh. Grand Grand Canyon Concourse at the Contemporary, I think. I'd have to look it up. I think it's the Grand Canyon Concourse that it's on. Um, why, why Chef Mickey's? If in... in one minute, why Chef Mickey's? The Fab Five. Um, and then I uh, I really loved the view. Um, just oh, you a great view. Mag- no. Magic Kingdom. And then I just thought, because we went for dinner, and there was just such a good spread, honestly. Um, no. We also went for my son's first birthday, so he got special treatment for that. But um, we really enjoyed just kind of like all the characters, kind of they were dancing in the middle of, dinner and it would be one character after the next and it was just i i really enjoyed it all right i mean yeah i have no complaints with chef nick he's a good pick uh drew what about you this is hard this was really hard to me but i'm not gonna lie because you know you can well, talk about characters you were, that you, yeah me and you were suckers for mini seasonal dime we've talked about uh, it so yeah but i mean you look at it from do you, what characters you want to see what type of experience mm-hmm. do you want and what is just straight out the best food right mm-hmm. so there's a lot of things to look at and i i was torn i mean i always thought about royal cinderella's royal table as far as mm-hmm. an experience right that yep. everybody should witness and then i'm thinking well to that to you know defense actor shoes or however the hell you say it, over in Epcot, yeah actor shoes yep which is located in the the Norway Pavilion is amazing food, which is kind of I think they have like an appetizer buffet and then it's kind of you get to pre predetermined meals that you get to choose from. Some of the best food I've ever had on property, to be honest, between the the appetizers and my actual main dish, and then you get to see all the princesses there. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think that's a big one. We get to see all the princesses with some amazing food and a really cool, I mean, it is a castle like environment as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other one I want to throw out there that's supposed to be excellent food over at the grand Floridian is the 1900 park fair where, mm-hmm. um, you can see Prince Charmin, which you can't really see anywhere else. And I believe you can see the, the stepsisters as well from Cinderella. So just another cool so one there, but, um, you cheated, you cheated. No, I mean, I said like every princess one. Yeah. You must have a little girl at home. Yeah, after Koosh, it's uh, try it out. It's pretty cool. All right, excellent. You, what about you, Bob? I mean, what's, I mean, I, I think I know where you're going because the same thing with you and me. We, you always kind of pick the return theme, and your kids love certain people. So yeah, so I'll be honest. Character meals are tough. 
I love them all. And, and I was tempted to say Chef Mickey's. I've had some decent experiences with Chef Mickey's, but the last one or two times I went, I, I wasn't in love with it. Uh, I didn't think it was as good as it, it used to be. So, I mean, for me, the best character meal on property, if I'm not going to pick Hollywood and Vine, which I think might have the best food I know. Yep. for character meals, um, I'm going to go Crystal Palace. Uh, I will tell you that that, for me... And my kids that, you know, Winnie the Pooh and Piglet and Tigger and Eeyore, that the costumes just seem brighter. They seem – I love the building. I, I just – I love everything about it. I, they have a really solid ice cream uh, buffet area that's great, <laughs> a lot of toppings. Truth and, and comes I, out. And I think I've ever gotten there uh, from the the, uh, the, 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 the the cutting area or the uh, – my, my wife is yelling at me in the background – telling me about like the, the, the various stations they have for the kids and, and, and the the various things in general. I will tell you that for me, Crystal Palace is the best character meal on property. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, really quick, what you hit on was Hollywood Vine and Hollywood Studios. Is, and, that and, might be the all-around, like, cheapest, well, not cheapest, but for the cost, for the characters, for the food. Like, that's a good yeah. value there. Yeah, and I think, I think the character meals, it really depends on what characters you're looking for, and we've all said that, so... Um, well, moving on, this one caught me by surprise a little bit because it's been, I mean, forever since I went to Disney on a date night. But uh, what is the best splurge meal on property? Uh, adult date night, doesn't matter where it is, resort, uh, park, uh, downtown, wherever it is. So um, in the interest of fairness, we will give Andrew first crack at this one. I mean, no surprise here. If you're looking for a nice little date night, if you're into this type of thing, I'm going to say the Edison again mm -hmm. at Disney Springs because not only are you getting amazing food, you're going to get um, some of the best cocktails on property, mm -hmm. and you're going to also get entertainment if you go late night with acrobats and music and little shows like that. So all of that's going to be contained into one location that's going to entertain you for hours on end. Mm -hmm. No, I agree with that. Um, that's a good pick. Uh, Jordana, what about you? I think I, I think I know where you're going, but well, why don't you, you know, where are you headed? So uh, this is a date night that my husband and I actually try to do every trip. Uh, California Grill at the Contemporary during fireworks. Um, it's They cue in the music, and they, they turn down the lights, and it's just everything is amazing there. So, so you really just like the contemporary. That's what I keep. I think. But I you know what? But but you keep telling everyone that you want to stay at the Polynesian. I'm not seeing it. No, I know. I'm. I got mixed reviews. I just want to stay at the Deluxe eventually. You just want to stay yeah. everywhere. <laughs> I do. I want to live there. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, if I could. I guess you need I, to sell more vacations. Yes. Yeah. Hey. I. Yeah. Get on it. Get on it. Today at Jordana is. <laughs> so um, for me, guys, obviously, I could tell you the Yachtsman is the best restaurant on property. Yachtsman Steakhouse over at the uh, Yacht Club. I could tell you that the Boathouse is, you know, universally revered as one of the best restaurants at Disney Springs and on property. I can tell you the Flying Fish or Citrico's or even Monsignor Paul. All of these restaurants are great. For me, and I'm, I'm shocking the world with this last-minute change, I'm telling you right now, if you do not go to Jico, the cooking place, Animal Kingdom Lodge, on a date night, if you're into that type of thing, 
you're missing out. The Animal Kingdom Lodge, if if Jordana has a thing for the Contemporary and Andrew has a thing for the Edison, I am so partial to Animal Kingdom Lodge on so many levels. Uh, I'm going to pick Jico the Cooking Place if if uh, if you're into that type of food, which I am not. But I will go Jico the Cooking Place. It's the best place for a splurge meal on property um, if it's an adult date night. Good choice there. So, again, um, please see episode 18. Uh, we did two hours and two minutes on dining, which seems like an awfully long time. Um, <laughs> if you have more specific questions, please reach out to Jordana or Andrew or myself or, or anyone in the Ohana. Just throw them up on the Ohana and people will answer them. Food is a universal topic for people. So um, we'll be glad to help with anything we can on, on any dining questions you have. And like I said, episode 18, we, we gave you two solid hours. And I would say stay tuned over the next few weeks. We might be... Uh, we might be expanding dining some more. So let's head over to the resorts. All right. So with resorts, um, let's start off with a very big question that uh, a lot of us have, you know, answered for many people on property versus not. And I'm going to break this up a little bit too. Um, just real quick, uh, guys, what do you think? I, I'm pretty sure we're all on the same page. Oh, absolutely. Uh, on property, 100% there. Now, I like to stay at Uncle John's house, uh, down in, down in uh, Coco Key, and then uh, bus up for, for, the, for the vacations. So that's what I like to do. It saves me some money. Uh, I don't get the perks that I get for staying on property, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm into it. No, seriously, though, if you're, if, if you're going, you're going to stay on property. You really do. And, and there's a lot of nice hotels, and if you have family down there, I mean, it, you can you can stay at them, and you're saving a little bit. But for me, I, there's no way to do a Disney vacation except for staying on property. 100%. And, I mean, the second part of this question is if we were to choose an off-property, would you choose vacation rental, a good neighbor hotel, or a regular hotel that is off-property? Um, and, uh, Drew, let's start with you. Oh. <laughs> I, think I think I gave my answer the first one, but um, you know, I think I think you need to look at stuff. If you're looking because you think you're going to save price or money, it's probably not the case. If you're looking because you want to stay at a Marriott because you have a Merit Rewards points and you're going to um, stay for free, if you're staying at an Airbnb because you know somebody or because it's 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 you think it's cheaper or or you're going to be doing stuff outside of just Disney, right? So maybe you are going to be doing Universal. Maybe you're going to drive down to Miami for a couple of days. So maybe it's Universal again. I think it suits you. Um, so I think you really need to think of those things and think of well, can I get AAA discounts and can I get? Do I have Marriott points? Do I have credit card points? Do I know a family member? I think it is unique. If you're just strictly going to Disney as a vacationer, I truly believe that um, on property is the way to go as far as amenities go. And I think when you compare prices, you'll realize it's actually going to be cheaper um, to stay on property. Bob, I don't know what the hell Andrew just said, but I, mean, I, I don't go, even I don't know. <laughs> I will go a good neighbor, and I and I will okay. give you a good neighbor hotel. I will be staying at the Margaritaville Resort. That's where I'd be staying. As a good neighbor, it's a it's a fun time. I'm a parrot head up here, so I I, I enjoy that. I, I'd go good neighbor. I'd stay at the Margarita Maybe I Resort. misunderstood the question a little bit there. <laughs> Do they still have the Nickelodeon Hotel? Not to get off topic, but uh, they have an island. 
Dare I say? Dare I say? It was a holiday. They own an island off the coast of Costa Rica, although it's actually the coast of Mexico. But they do own uh, they do own an island or a resort uh, down in Mexico. I don't know if the one in Orlando is still operational. I mean, I I've stayed there before, but I re- I just remember as a kid it was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, I don't. I there are options. Um, you know, depending on your family budget and stuff mm-hmm. like that off property. But you also have to make sure you're you're taking into account um, like the amount you're spending on parking, depending on how many days you're going to the parks. Um, and then, you know, there's obviously the other factors where you're, what you save in money, you know, you might not be getting inexperience. Um, however, people do it every day. So, you know, it's definitely an option. Um Let's see. And on to the next question. Um, as for a place to stay, we are thinking one of the moderate resorts or maybe the Art of Animation, since they have the themed rooms. I don't know enough to narrow it down from there yet. So any advice for them, Bub? Yeah, I mean, if, if the moderates are in your wheelhouse, that, that's where I'm staying. And it's no disrespect to Art of Animation. It isn't. Um, Art of Animation is an expensive version of the All-Star Resorts. And to me, that's fine if that's where you're going to stay. I have no inherent problem with the All-Star Resorts. And, and we gave you two, uh, an hour and 40 minutes on All-Star Resorts back in, in August. So I will tell you, we love them. We, we gush over them. But for me, I'm going probably, and, I, and I'm putting the couple for the horse here, but I, I'm I'm going Port Orleans, either one of them, uh, French Quarter or Riverside. That's where I'm going if those are on the table. Drew? Um, yeah, so as far as, um, and this should sound a little off topic, but if you're definitely going to go into a moderate resort, I would... So if, it's, if you're thinking between a moderate resort and art of animation... Don't get carried away with the themed rooms. Though the themed rooms are, are very cool, um, I feel like the themed rooms part of the resort is is equivalent to something of one of the value resorts, such as Pop Century um, or, or one of the All-Stars, where you can get for, for, for cheaper, a lot cheaper in my eyes. Um, now, if you're looking at Art of Animation for one of the suites, then, yeah, great, go for it. But but realize it's going to be more, more money than a typical moderate resort. Um, I'm kind of with Bob as far as the moderate resorts. Uh, I always look for that middle ground. It kind of has everything that I, I like and feel about it. But don't get tied up with Art of Animation. A lot of people do in my eyes because it, it's newer. It does have uh, the really cool themes. And just so you do know, the only option really is Little Mermaid. And if you Correct. look at the little mermaid rooms on property and some people this doesn't matter to but it's not close really to uh you know the main no, lobby it's and out the there and... it is it is a poke <laughs> yeah it's it's quite far so again we talked about a lot of that last resort. episode but look at where your locations are because um that's the only option if you don't want a suite you're staying in the little mermaid room so though they have they have themes it's not really an option. You're staying a Little Mermaid, and you're going to be very far away. So all I'm saying is, let's say that's $170 a night. You might be able to get one of the Pop Centuries of All-Stars for maybe 100 to 120 So you're going to save um, some significant money there, a few hundred dollars or several hundred dollars, 
where I think you might be able to get a better option at one of the other value resorts. No, and I, I definitely agree. I think, you know, you can't go wrong with any of the moderates. Um, um, you know, I'm, I do agree with Bob. I want to, I want to try out one of the Port Orleans. Um, I think I'm going to start with French quarter. Um, I haven't stayed there yet, but I have, you know, walked the resorts Love and French. they're gorgeous. Um, but yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with any of the moderates. Um, no, certainly not. No. <laughs> so we're going to go through a couple different uh, of the resorts, the value ones, and talk about which is the better preferred um, section to be in, uh, where you're kind of close to everything. Like, where do we recommend? Um, I'm just going to kind of, I guess, split it up between you guys. So, uh, Bob, how about Pop Century? Oh, boy, did I answer this question wrong? I, I just want my personal <laughs> preference. I'm going with the 50s. It's not really convenient, but I like the 50s theming with the bowling and, and everything else. So I'm going the 50s. Well, yeah, I'd be that. I'm going to give the simple answer because I thought it was as far as preferences would go, too. And you're probably saying, well, well, Drew, you didn't do it. Your 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 name's blank on the document because I'm going to be <laughs> blunt. I, I don't really care where I stay on the resort. Uh, I will say I'm I'm definitely most of the time a preferred room guy, which we talked about. I'll pay that extra probably 19 or $20 per night uh, for a preferred room. So when you pay for those preferred room options, you really don't really have a say that much in where you are staying. Sometimes you might have one or two options, but uh, I'm all for convenience. So I don't care what theme I'm in. I want uh, this, this building and uh, give me that building and I'm happy. Take it from a guy that's known Andrew his entire life. He is all about convenience. That is his number one priority. Time is not really money in this situation, but uh, time is valuable. Time is valuable. There we go. We cleaned it up. Um, so for Drew, for Art of Animation, which do you think is the best? Uh, same answer. But um, <laughs> I mean, as far as the theming goes, right? So if you look at, if I had to pick one of the themings, I, I think that what they did with Cars is amazing. Um, it's almost like we got a Cars Land at Art of Animation, where where Cars Land came to Disneyland in California. Uh, the the pool and theme, the, the 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 oversized tones, all of it is super cool, and. Um, I would go Cars Land, I guess, if, if if I was to pick a suite of my choice. Yeah, definitely. And I think the Cars Land and so Art of Animation and Pop Century are right next to each other. And they have a um, where the gondola um, kind of pickup is, is right in between the resorts. So if you're looking at cars and then you're also looking at the 60s area at pop century um those two are the closest to the gondola system uh the skyliner so it's it's definitely if that's something that's you know something you want to try out and something that's going to be a primary method of transportation for you um you know try to get towards the the skyliner in those two sections um moving on to our all-stars um for sports um bub you want to take this one yeah, yeah tennis if only because i love the tennis court where donald yeah. is playing tennis with huey dewey and louie that's it oh, that's, that's, a all. Good that's one. the only reason i and again I, I i don't care where i am at the hotels I, if the preferred room is an option that's fine 
Um, but for me, uh, especially at the All-Stars, Top Century and Art of Animation are significantly larger than the All-Star Resorts. So uh, to me, the All-Star Resorts are all kind of pretty tight. Unless you get stuck in the Mighty Ducks at movies, that seems to be in the middle oh, of yeah. nowhere. That but is. but yes. other so than that, <laughs> I would say uh, the tennis, it's kind of in the back, but I, it, I enjoy it. I, I like that area. Yeah. Andrew? Yeah, yeah. If I had to pick again, preference wise, I would go at like either maybe the the beginning section of the touchdown football area as yeah, well. It's just you can you can kind of get to many places. Um, yeah, that's where I would go with. Yeah. Yeah. There's also uh like the surfs up area is kind of um so the surfing area is the closest to the main mm-hmm. um building with the food court and everything. Um next one for all-star movies, I'm going to go I'm a big uh 101 Dalmatians fan and just uh, like the theming and the structures that are around the rooms. Um that would be my favorite kind of area. Um Drew, how about you? Ah, you know, again, Fantasia, as far as convenience goes, you're right there in the central hub. I mean, Toy Story is pretty cool to see. And uh, like Bob said, of course, the Mighty Dots. I mean, I can't really. Again, I'm just going to go Fantasia because I'm a convenience guy. Toy Story is not bad. Toy Story is fairly close as well. But Fantasia. Yeah. Bob? Yeah, for me, um, Toy Story. Uh, Toy Story is actually a preferred room location with Fantasia where it is. Uh, so it's the one time I actually went with pre- preferred rooms. Uh, but I would go Toy Story. Um, and 101 Dalmatians, believe it or not, is is a solid area. It's kind of right off to the right-hand side. And it's big. And you have to walk through 101 Dalmatians to get to the Mighty Ducks area. The Mighty Ducks area, I don't know. It's, it's in the middle of nowhere. That was and an it, afterthought. Except the resort. Like, except <laughs> it, the resort. It's unbelievable how oddly that hotel is laid out. But... I'm going to a story. Yeah. Um, okay. And then on to all-star music. Um, let's see. I don't, I don't know. Like I haven't stayed here before, but I guess oh, it's um, fun. It's, it's like that, the most, it's like the most adult value resort you can find. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, from a kid point of view, it's probably the last choice that they would want. Correct. You know? Yeah, that's true. Um, so I was thinking for this one, it would be more is the Calypso area. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like kind of closer and convenient um, mm-hmm. for me. And what about you, Bub? Yeah, I'm going jazz in easy slam dunk. The Broadway section blows. The uh, country music one is kind of entertaining, but I'm going jazz in all day long and twice on Sundays. Decent location. Uh, they do have some of the suites there that are like the two rooms connected. Uh, so I'm going jazz in, and I'm a man. I'm a man who enjoys a good spot of smooth jazz. So what's better than that? There you go. True. Yeah, I mean I'll go Calypso as well. Closest the better. Um, oh, I, the, one I, the one thing I will say about this setup though is is I do like this setup of all the all stars. I feel like it makes the most sense. Um, <laughs> With the exception of Mighty Ducks. No, that's what I'm saying. Music makes the most sense out of all the All Star resorts. Yeah. It's just, it's. I feel like just someone with logic planned it out. Yeah. Where the it's other one is a little bit different. You're right. It is. Yes, yeah, but I feel Everything like this was seems a, a little bit more space. centrally located. Yeah, it's just it makes more sense. But uh, yeah, 
I'll go there. Okay, and now we're going to talk about um, resorts and transportation. Uh, which resort has the best transportation options to see all of property? Uh, Drew, you want to start this one? Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with um, Saratoga or the Baudwalk, simply because um, they're walking distance to a few places. So the Baudwalk's going to get you walking distance to Epcot, where Saratoga is going to get you walking distance to Disney Springs. So that's, that's really is the best options, I'm going to say. that you know, They offer some boat services as well as the bus systems. But a um, simple answer is that. Yeah, and I mean, I'd, I thought about any of the monorail properties. Um, you can get to Magic Kingdom and Epcot by the monorail. Um, when everybody, I mean, when I personally think of Walt Disney World, I think of Magic Kingdom and the big castle. So, um, you know, that that would be something that I would want to stay in. We all know I'm team contemporary slash poly. <laughs> That's so, correct. Um, all right. So, uh, Bob, what do you think? I see you saved me for last. You'll see my extensive notes on this topic yeah, where exactly. I was super into it. Cause I think sneaky Andrew is right for all the wrong reasons. Um, Cause it That's is right. boardwalk. It really is boardwalk or yacht and beach club as they're kind of sister resorts. They share the same uh, facilities and everything like that in terms of where they're centrally located. Uh, you can technically walk to two parks. You can walk to the studios and Epcot um studios is a walk it is a poke and if you have kids you're probably not going to make that trek but i've done it before uh, when i was younger i think andrew with you i think we're at the boardwalk one time we walked down to the studios yeah we were too so, we didn't feel like waiting any longer for the bus correct so you do have motor coach uh water taxis walkable and one secret about these is they are a sneaky monorail resort if you have a park hopper ticket because you can go in the back side of epcot mm-hmm. and walk to the front and go on the monorail to those other portions of the property. And don't forget low key right there as well. The back gate of Epcot is the Disney Skyliner. So I feel like the boardwalk and yacht and beach club have pretty much anything you can imagine in terms of transportation. And that's why I think if you can afford it, because these are not cheap resorts, oh, yeah. Um, you're certainly getting your bang for your buck uh, in terms of transportation quality uh, from those resorts. But, but you're right because um, you know what? Well, I don't want. To, well, I agree. Well, I'll jump. We'll all jump ahead. <laughs> I mean, you picked Boardwalk too. I did. <laughs> yes. I did. No, there's definitely a couple different options yeah. there, so I like it. Yeah. Yep. Um, next question: Best bang for your buck hotel. Um, for me, I went like with two different options. So if you're more, more of the people that like to hang out at your hotel, um, you know, you're not, you're going to take your time in the morning, maybe hang out in the middle of the day. Um, I would say any moderate hotel mm-hmm. definitely has the best options for you. If you're at the parks more, um, where your park open a rope drop to, you know, right after the fireworks or after, um, definitely a value. Um, and I think for personally, my favorite is Pop Century, just because, you know, I feel like it's it's it, it's a bigger resort. Um, however, I feel like the location, um, centrally located, and the transportation, um, you know, is definitely the best option for me with bang for your buck. Um, Bub, how about you? Oh, it's not even close. It's Port Orleans, Riverside, and everything else is second place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you guys know that for me, I I mean, 
it's nothing new that I, I am partial to both Paul Erlene's mm. properties. Um, I didn't want to steal Andrew's thunder for everything tonight, so I am going to let him talk about, I think, the sister resort down the uh, down the well, Bob, River. I'm going to shot the world, and I was going to say Port Orleans French Quarters, but I think you got me thinking <laughs> with the boardwalk talk. And would boardwalk uh, the would boardwalk brings to the table is a, is what other places really can't or or don't right. So like Bob said, as far as the transportation goes, you, you do it's one of the only places that's access walking distance to parks too, and you, we can't forget about the boardwalk itself, which mm-hmm. is essentially a smaller version of Disney Springs where there's plenty of stuff to do daytime and nighttime, mm-hmm. but. They have some of the best lounges and restaurants on property. Um, they have, you know, like the, the small little carnival games and, and stuff to do with riding the bites on the boardwalk. Killer pool. Too. Um, Killer pool. So I think as far as when the question is bang for your buck, I mean, that is the definition in my eyes of what amenities are you getting for mm-hmm. your money. And yes, you're paying for it, but mm-hmm. you're getting so much more that, that other resorts don't yeah. offer. No, I don't think that's the wrong answer there. I mean, I, I wrestled with Boardwalk being – or Yacht and Beach Club. Again, I, you kind of have to talk about all three when you talk about one because of their They're close there. proximity to one another. Uh, both have amazing pools. Um, I mean, the Yacht and Beach Club share uh, Storm Along Bay, I think it's called. I have to take a look. But it's got a, a, a sunken pirate ship in the middle of the pool. Oh, yeah. And, and it's a sandy bottom pool. And then if you go over to Boardwalk and go to their pool, it, it's set up like a, a carnival. And it's a roller coaster uh, with a Sounds giant, like an episode idea. Yeah, with a yeah best pools. Oh, boy, we could talk about that for days. Oh, yeah. So, well, so, so to me, I mean, Andrew, you're not wrong. Uh, Boardwalk's a great pick. And I don't think there's a wrong answer. I think Jordana's logic with, with Pop Century is, is the right thing, too. Because in terms of money, you are um, you know going Spartan there. And your money, you'll save a little money on the short end. So, I mean, I don't think there's really a wrong choice, but um, certainly whatever you think you want to do. I think theming has a lot to do with it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't under you can't underestimate the theme of your hotel, especially if you're going to to spend time there. And that's kind of why I lean Riverside. If only the grounds are are, are exquisite. I, I love everything about it. I love the theming. So that's kind of why I side with Riverside. But Andrew, you're absolutely right. Boardwalk is is quite an experience itself too so mm-hmm. all right and that wraps up resorts and next uh if you have any other questions obviously feel free to reach out to any of us and next we're going to talk about some park questions let's just get right into it all okay. right we we've talked about parks for 44 episodes now so how many park days versus length of trip and is park hopper needed for first timers so a lot to digest in that question. So let's break it down. How many park days versus length of trip? Hard stop right there. Let's answer that question first. For me, if I'm there for seven days, I'm probably going a six-day park hopper, depending on when my flight gets there and or leaves on my last day. Uh, there's a chance you're, if you're not flying early in the morning, you're not going to go to a park your first day. Uh, and if you, depending on when you leave, and again, like we said about the Magical Express, if you're leaving three hours for your flight, your flight would have to be at probably six o'clock at night for it to be worth you going to a park on the day you're leaving. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Jordana, what do you think about that? Um, I always try to do like if like I always try to do a day in the middle, just to kind of like Correct. rest. Um, 
So, I mean, you know, same, th- same kind of logic you're going with, but I always try to, you know, plan out that one day in the middle, um, versus the length of the trip and, uh, park hopper, depending on how many, you know, days you have for first timers. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think it's worth it. Uh, the more I think about it, like, cause I always, I always kind of was, you know, a one park per day kind of person. Um, but the more I think of it, you know, the park hopper could, is definitely very useful. And I think you can get a lot done, especially if you have multiple days, uh, where, you know, you have over that four day mark, five days, six days, um, where you can spend half the day at one park, finish up what you didn't get done on that full day and then kind of keep going from there. Yeah, Drew, what about you? So the opposite, right? I, I think that um, park hopper is not needed, especially for somebody that's new or somebody that doesn't go very often. I think that there's plenty to do in each one of these four parts. And just because you don't have the park hopper doesn't mean you can't leave the park and come back. It just has to be that same park. Right. Um, so for me, I don't think park hopper is needed unless you are somebody that's on the go, go, go. Uh, as far as number of days, Joe... I think I mentioned it earlier last week, actually, but I would recommend do one less day, take a break in the middle, and maybe for that day that you don't have a park ticket, look for if there's any special ticketed events where you can buy and do like a party of some sort, villains or Christmas or or Halloween, and you really get six hours into that part. So you can kind of sleep in, do your thing, hang out by the pool, relax, and get ready for a late night of fun. So that's how I would recommend it. Yeah. So for me with Park Hopper, I am team Park Hopper all the way. Um, I think back to my days of my youth when well, I was going. Well, that's a different story, me and you with the youth. And they had the ultimate Park Hopper, which was pretty much you came and go as you went at Disney Quest and the water parks and all the parks there. They don't make that anymore. They also had an unlimited Magic Pass, which kind of replaced that. It was similar. I, I feel like the Park Hopper option for the extra cost that it is we went over the cost last week i don't have it in front of me right now but it's only 70 bucks or 80 bucks whatever it was uh depending on when you went and how many days you went for uh, i think it's a no-brainer um, i think it gives you options uh for different um dining reservations it kind of frees you up at certain things um you know if you wanted to you know go to epcot during the day and you wanted to walk on a future world and you wanted to go to chef mickey's at the contemporary and they say hey you know we're over here why don't we just you know go over to magic kingdom and check out you know happily ever after you know i i think that ultimately it just gives you a level of freedom that the standard ticket doesn't give you to go to multiple parks there's no wrong answer there too that's maybe for first timers it's a lot it could be you're right it could be uh, overwhelming but uh, for me, I, I really have to think that a park hop issue is something that you really look at and, and see if it could benefit you in the long run. Um, here's one that I think we've touched on several times about rider swap. Uh, if there's a ride that my wife and I want to ride, but the kids cannot ride, do they allow you to take turns while the rest of the family is off to the side? Simple solution, rider swap. Um, We've talked about it several times, uh, but Jordana, give us a quick, you know, Cliff Notes or Spark Notes version on Rider Swap. So Rider Swap is that you can go up, you can, you're supposed to both get fast passes. Um, you go up to the line, you 
one of you can go on and you let the cast member know, like one of us is going to stay behind with the child. Um, one goes on the ride and then you, you, you do exactly what it is. You, you swap. So you, mm-hmm. you hand off the kid and then the next one gets to ride it. Um, supposedly, but we have, you know, talked about how there are different options where, you know, you can get one fast pass for one person here and, you know, hopefully the other person can get a fast pass somewhere else. Yeah. But and, and they hundred percent should be able to, I actually just posted Disney recently updated their website on all of this information. And they actually did a really good job explaining it all. It's they, they break it down step by step, exactly what it is, how to utilize it and, and how it should work. So if, if, if you ever get turned down by a cast member, I would legit just bring up, bring up that on your phone and say, look, it tells me on your website that I can do this on this ride. Uh, it tells you all the rides it's available for as well. So uh, yeah. it's 100% a great thing to do and use. And I'm glad they offer it. You know, it, it's it's tough to, I don't want to say waste fast passes, but like I said, if you have two young kids that can't go on a ride, um, but you want to, their fast pass is pretty much thrown away because, you know, your five-year-old, a six-year-old kid is it going to want to ride by themselves using a fast pass? Just as simple as that. That's an interesting segue to fast passes because you get three fast passes initially, but can you change them once you book them or can you get more, Drew? Uh, yeah, so absolutely. So I, I encourage right at your 60 day mark when you make all your fast passes, if you're not happy with any selections or something changes between dine in or transportation or whatever, you can constantly be changing them all the way um, up to your trip right on the My Disney Experience app or on the website. Once you're in the parts, I recommend doing the same thing because you plan your trip at 60 days out and you say, I'm going to be at this part, then I'm going to go to that ride, that ride, not a traction. Sometimes line weights get smaller, sometimes line weight line weights get bigger, and you don't always match up your fast passes exactly the way it is, right? So with that being said, constantly look on your, your phone and, and I hate to say that because you're in, you're on vacation, but look for if you can get an earlier fast pass or a later fast pass. You can constantly change them. Now, once you've used all three fast passes in a day, you then can go on your phone and book additional fast pass. Uh, you're going to have very limited options. You might get a ride that you don't need it for. Um, but maybe what I find is a good value for is sometimes a show where you don't have to go stand in the line 20 minutes before doors open and get a decent seat. You could use a fast pass on maybe a show that you can just kind of show up and get a decent seat. So that's where I recommend using them is more on like a show that you didn't really plan on seeing or, or something along that lines. Uh, I'm not talking like a fantastic show or something like that, but maybe, you know, the Finding Nemo, uh, Finding Dory, or Finding Nemo show over an Animal Kingdom or something like that. Mm-hmm. Bob, I know you love or always looking to get those extra one or two passes as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, when we were there last time, I think we got one for Dumbo. It really wasn't needed. Uh, you can, mm-hmm. you know, you can get it for some of the rides. You're not going to get a, a fast pass for, you know, uh, they'll insert it here, a flight of passage on day of. I mean, you might sneak like a one or a two-er on day of if someone canceled it, but you're probably not going to get those after you've used your initial three it's probably going to be some of the attractions that probably don't need fast pass, but certainly uh, that have the option to get it. And it, it's no harm, no fault. If you get an extra fast pass, what does it matter? It doesn't cost you anything. So it is what it is. Uh, you can change your fast passes too. In fact, I recommend changing them daily, uh, depending if you, depending on if you didn't get your ride or not. So mm-hmm. 
um, you know, that's, I mean, I think that's pretty straightforward. Jordan, anything to add to that? No, I, uh, I think you guys have covered it overall. I, the, the only thing I'm going to add really quick, Pub, is, is just to keep in mind when you put your fast passes, when you're changing them, you can never have fast passes that overlap with another fast pass. Correct. So the one tricky part is when you start doing these and you get these rides like Flight of Passage and other ones and you have rider swap involved and you start splitting up your your family or your group fast passes and what i mean by that is maybe i booked a fast pass let's just make it super simple from 10 a.m to 11 a.m and then my wife gets a different ride from like 10 30 to 11 30 a.m you you can't go book a family fast pass because one of them overlaps it, it gets a little bit tricky and and you do really have to look into it and and, and, and you know write it down or play it out and look at your options or you can just have your travel agent do it for you. That is true. Correct. So now the fun part of parks is we're going to give you some of our favorites because people want to know. Uh, what is the best ride at each park for families? Two children under 10. Me and Andrew kind of changed the question. Have URL there. Uh, pretty much rides that don't have a height restriction on them. So best ride at Magic Kingdom for with no height restriction. Drew, what do you got? Oh, I don't really have one. (laughs) Okay. But, I mean, come back to me. Okay. Jordana, what do you got? Peter Pan. All right, Uh, you're fine. Get out. I love it. Love Peter Pan. Great answer. No, so this one always has an insane weight, too. So I just want to add that I think that this is one that you should always fast pass. Uh, It's the worst ride ever. For some reason, there is always like an hour and a half wait. Yeah, it's all about capacity. Yeah, it's all yeah, about capacity. You should, you should listen to episode 12 and find out why it's such a long wait. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Uh, oh, boy. That's my, that's so, my top pick. I think. Bob, what's yours? <sighs> it's a small world. If you're going with it's a family, normal. it's just I, such a classic. It's just. You're right. I don't even know if I like it. But, Me either. I hate it. But I, that's that's kind of what I keep going back to. It's such an iconic ride, and my kids love it. My, my, my kids too. Love it. So it's like drives me insane. It's yeah. it's an all timer. It really is. So is Peter Pan's flight. I hate Peter Pan's flight, but it it is an all timer. I, I my guess. My husband guy always says Peter Pan's flight is the scariest ride at Disney World <laughs> because the scariest? you feel like yeah, you literally feel like that little ship you're in is gonna fall yeah it's atrocious yeah <laughs> love it so, I, so Drew, I, is, is your pick is a small world or yeah it is it is all right you copycat and son of a bitch all right <laughs> used to uh, at epcot drew we're gonna let you go first again and if you don't give us an answer uh i don't know what to tell you so epcot what do you got best family ride man I don't know. I guess let's go Spaceship Earth. Did you not prepare for this episode, Drew? Spaceship Earth is the best family ride because it's like 18 minutes of peace and quiet that nobody bothers me. I can kind of doze off a little bit. Nobody even knows. Just make sure you hit English when you get into the car. I don't even care. I'm hoping that I'm out by the time I get to the Renaissance. That's terrible. It's one of the one of the uh, most iconic attractions on property. Oh, hoping we make it to the Renaissance. <laughs> okay. What about, what about uh, you, Jordan? <laughs> um, I'm gonna go Frozen. I think uh, that God. 
I'm. I love Frozen. I love Frozen. <laughs> our, our former host is rolling over somewhere, hearing yeah. that he's having a seizure right now. Um, I was upset when they redid it. However, uh, why? Yeah, why? why? Let's why? hear this. Well, just because it was an iconic ride. Why is that ride no, it sucked. You guys are unbelievable. <laughs> Jumping All down right. her throat. But you, you, you apologists for that ride. <laughs> the best thing they ever did like to that park Maelstrom, are you kidding me? Get out of here with that garbage I mean, the ride sucked It's the same ride, it's just different sets it's literally the I same exact ride Great welcoming, go- welcoming host I guess <laughs> <laughs> No, but seriously, I guess I can understand the comfort, though. It's a must-do for kids, I get it yeah. it, it makes sense um, I was well, very you're tempted. You're gonna love my pick for Hollywood Studios. Just well, I, I will fun. not. I will not. I was going to say Imagination, but I realized that if I said that, my wife throws a shoe at me because of the room where you get sprayed with skunk smell. Uh, so then, I, then I was going to troll Andrew and say literally anything in the land, but I realized that I, I don't really care about that. So I'm gonna go with Under the Sea with Nemo and friends as my one family attraction. You I must did. ride. That's probably um, the right answer here. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, we're going to go see what Jordana has to say about Hollywood Studios. I can only imagine I'm going to walk off the set for the fourth time this season. Frozen ever after oh sing along. That, that we have not cool, heard right? Let It Go enough. So, yeah, well, that shows the biggest letdown for oh, any <laughs> five-year-old girl in the world. That's what it is. Because you honor and Elsa to come on the stage, and then all of a sudden you see the chumps walk up. Don't get me wrong, they're, they're quite funny, actually. They are but, very funny. But it's just such a disappointment and letdown. I mean, Anna and Elsa come on for what, at the end, for like three minutes, and then they bounce? Yeah. Stupid. They should be the host of the show. I agree. I think they should have went with it a different Andrew, Andrew feels and very long. passionate about this, Jordana. It's it's okay. like it's it's like a mom and pop opened up a comedy show on Disney property and bought the IP of Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what it is. Dying. Uh, uh, I'm just not, uh, I'm not, okay. it's, it sucks. It blows. Okay, Drew, so where would you go with your family then? Me? Yeah. We're gonna Lightning Queen Race Academy. So shut up. You have nothing to say. You can't. (laughs) Okay. Listen, so I'll tell you the problem here is that Hollywood Studios just sucks for this right now. I went Muppet Vision 3D. I I mean, Ask could have been a good option. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Muppet Vision 3D for me. height requirement. Does it? Yeah, it does. It's like 32 inches or something. It's very tough to find a non-height requirement in that park right now. Um I'm going to tell you guys right now, Animal Kingdom, across the board, we all agree it was Kilimanjaro Safaris. I think it's one of the best rides on property, period. Um, and I don't think we really need to go crazy talking about Kilimanjaro Safari. I think it's a great attraction for families. It, it's fun. It's big. It's it's a, it's a Andrew's favorite thing. It's it's like 18 minutes of middleweight boxing action. He loves it. It's so. a ride. Um, something different we're going to do now is the most underrated attraction at each park, which I guess is in the eye of most beholders. And I have so, a feeling we're going to be fighting Jordana again. Come at on! The, <laughs> a few at times. The mag- at the Magic Kingdom, let's start with Jordana, because I don't have a problem with her pick here. Carousel Progress. Excellent. Good. I nice and simple. Love, could you, could you read the question one more time? What is the most underrated attraction at each park? 
Okay, just wanted to make sure. Does that? Do you disagree? Hundred percent. I mean, is it an iconic oh, ride? God. Sure. Is it underrated? No, it's 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 not it's not good. I feel like a lot of people forget it's there though. But I it don't has forget. So much- I I just choose not to go on it. I'm I'm just hoping that they just do another refurb and they kind of update that last scene. Um, but I think that this is one of my uh, one of my go tos. Yeah, it's charming. I'm not going to disagree with you. I enjoy it. They should almost turn that ride into like the Imagineering story and make no, each set scene no, in the history no, and like Walton Roy. I don't like that. No, they should Take another ride out. No, literally do that anywhere else but this attraction. That's fine. Okay. You guys Andrew, are so locked into the history of it. But isn't that the idea of it being underrated that it does have some sort of sentimental value? Is that the point of the question? I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I, 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 I agree. Uh, oh, Andrew, what do you have? Swiss Family Treehouse? No. I'm going to okay. go with what is underrated, which is okay. Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Because it is underrated. It gives me a chuckle, the whole family a chuckle. It, it's, yeah. And every time you go on it, it is it's a entertaining. Different... It's entertaining. I'll say that. It's entertaining. Have you ever been that guy? Um,. No, no I've never but been that my guy. daughter was called out to be um, Boo. Aww. from she does look she had, like a little Boo. And she had big pigtails in that day. Oh my god, how funny! Nice, nice. That's a sweet story. It's a, it's a, it's, it's entertaining. I, you guys both Tomorrowland. Huh? That's I almost went with your pit though. I love and your neither, pit. and neither one of you went Tomorrowland Transit Authority is underrated. That's unbelievable. I don't know about you people. Good family ride. Maybe I so I, I was tempted to go with most underrated attraction is the Tomorrowland Speedway, but I didn't want to upset Andrew. So I went with Mickey's PhilharMagic because I, I think if you haven't seen it in a while, this this little 3D movie is exceptional. And I think the sooner we get a digital projection in there and clean it up a little bit, it won't be underrated for much longer. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Epcot, Drew, we're going to start with you, and I think me and you are going the same way, so if you if you do go, we'll just, yeah, so you can talk about it, and then we will just destroy Jordana for 15 minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. okay. I'm going with Mission Space, uh, mm-hmm. because it's, I think it's underrated for a few reasons. One, I think there's people out there that still don't understand what it is. Yeah. I, I, I do think they do a little bit of a poor job, kind of. I don't want to say advertising it, but I, I don't know if, again, people actually understand what it is. And if you ever have gone on it, it is quite an experience like no other. So yeah. simple as that. I mean, even space. even I'll tell you what, even the green team for me is, is a fun attraction. If you have kids you want to go with that can go on the green team one. It, it isn't the same attraction as the orange team, mm-hmm. but it's a fun enough attraction that the orbit around the moon. It's a fun shot. It, it, it I, I love everything about the space pavilion. So you'll get no complaints from me that, Jordana. I've never been more sick than when I went on Mission Space, by the way, and I will never go on it again. Oh, that's boo. fine. Good. Besides that. Good. More, less people in mind for me. That's what I say. Most underrated attraction at Epcot for me is Grand Fiesta Tour in the Mexico. Oh, oh my God. God. Who invited this woman? Oh, my you God. You did. <laughs> yeah, ironically, no. we were like, this is a great idea. I should have asked her that. You've got you to explain to me why. Okay, so there, there's literally never any wait. 
Um, it's just oh, well, no. that's fantastic. there's a reason <laughs> okay. why. Yep. Okay. You can, go ahead. All right. For the adults, you can go get a margarita and then you can sneak it on the ride and just enjoy it while you're sitting right. down there. Oh, she's convinced me. She's oh. convinced me at this point. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So that's. Uh. I guess that's the only point I need to make. <laughs> yep, yeah. Yep, drop I'll... the mic. Well done. Yep. Okay. Hollywood Studios. <laughs> uh. Hollywood Studios. Beauty and the Beast live. That's one of my favorite shows. You don't get complaints from me. It's a great show. I mean, I, I, I think it's. I think it's dated, but it's a great show. So that's a good. I agree with that one. I haven't seen that um, show in years. Drew. Really. I, I can't believe that show's still there to be. Not that it's bad, but it's just. Well, they did with the live off. action update. They updated the costume, so they've done some things with it, and I, I, so it's, it's 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 a pretty legit show. Agreed. When did so they do the live up. action update? No, they did it when like it first came out, and I think they went back oh. to the original costume. When like when it first came okay. out, they did like a, a time where it was the like Lumiere was kind of like he is in the new movie type thing. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, it was it, it ran for I think the summer that the movie opened and then it went back to the original, you know, very, um, Disney style production of it. Yeah. Drew, what do you have for underrated attractions and Hollywood studios? I am going to shot the world. Oh, I hope you say Indiana Jones, Epic Stunt Spectacular. Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular has been around for so long that people don't appreciate it anymore, and they forget about it, and you can't I mean, forget that, it. Massive. Is that literally the only attraction left from opening day? I'd have to do some research on it. That. But um, it might be the only attraction left from opening day. Yeah, it's 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 legit. I don't. I mean, I don't want to say Broadway because it's not a Broadway type show. No, it's but an epic, stunt spectacular. It's it's a show that like if if that came to like a local theater, I'd pay twenty five bucks or twenty bucks to go see it. Oh, I mean, you'd I, pay I more really than get that. A, you'd pay more than that. But I'm I mean, if they saying. extended it to a 60-minute show, yeah, I'd pay, I'd pay more than that. Correct, but um, yeah, yeah it, it 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 never gets old. I mean, I get why it's still there, but at the same time, I'm like, why the hell is that still there? Yeah, but, it's uh, it's it won't be awesome. there. It, it, it's it will go. It's awesome. That's it all really I know. Is. And I, I was you? close. I was close. I was torn between its neighbor and this. And I feel like it's only right that we give some respect to the, to the original Star Wars attraction at mm-hmm. Disney. Because Star Tours, I, I feel like people kind of push it to the side now that Galaxy's Edge has opened up. To me, Star Tours... But it's Tours, even better! Star Tours is so fun. It's it really such is. a good attraction. Um, I, I, that's all. I mean, I just I love Star Tours. I think it's a really well-done attraction. You could make an argument that Playhouse Disney Live on stage. My kids go nuts for it. It's a pretty fun little show over there, too. Um, but, you know, I saw the, the I don't know, Roly Poly Oly, I think. Anyway, it was fun. It was a good time. But uh, I digress. We're headed to Animal Kingdom, where I'm going to let Andrew go first, and then I'm going to go, and then Jordana's going to push me and Andrew over the edge. <laughs> she's, she's pushing our limits tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say Dinosaur, because everyone knows how much I love, love that ride, but I don't know if that would say it's underrated, because I think that's that's one of their biggest. I think it's under I think it's underappreciated. Different conversation. It it's is. Underappreciated. So, to say underrated, I'm going to have to go with Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail. That's yeah, not um, bad. It's a good pick. It, it really is, if you've never had an opportunity to go do it. It's, 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 you're going to see things that you've never seen in your life. Um, you can literally get as close to gorillas as far as a piece of 
plexiglass between you and the Dorillo, because they're usually all lined up there. Uh, but even that, along the way, there's it, you know you're on like an adventure, you come across different almost pit stops. I'd like to say that have interactive things with mm-hmm. animals. It's um, I don't know, I I love it. I I, I think it's an awesome uh, walk through exhibit. Yeah, I think Gorilla Falls and the Maharaja Jungle Trek are both fantastic. I, I really, it, I think it, that they're great. I mean, so it, those are good picks. And it's also one of the things, Bub, too, that I think it's hard to understand exactly what it is by just seeing a sign. Yeah. It's almost like, yep. is that a traction? Because cause it's not like the typical wait sign, right? Because it's just a walkthrough. But yeah. it, it's, it can be misleading, too. But, yeah, check those out. I'll tell you, you could easily make a case that um, Conservation Station is underrated, too. Uh, and in the original, I, I've never been to it as the new drawings and stuff. But but you could make a case the original one because of how far it was and you had to take the train to get to it. Mm-hmm. That that was a pretty legit little attraction they did too. But for me, it's it's clearly Navi River Journey, uh, dwarfed by its its sister attraction, Flight of Passage. And uh, I, I just I know Andrew thinks it's a little uh, three minute boat ride, and he's not wrong. And I just think that Navi River Journey gets a lot of crap from a lot of people for it not being Splash Mountain or or, or of that quality, and that's not what it's meant for. So I don't want to argue about Navi River Journey tonight. That's just, for me, underrated attraction because that's not the most egregious thing we're going to say tonight because oh. Jordana is going to tell you the next thing, and I, I'm going to walk off the set. I might, too. <laughs> Listen to this, okay? little anecdote. So I picked that the most underrated um, attraction in Animal Kingdom is the Carnival Games in Dino Land USA. Uh, I mean, can you sneak count. margaritas into there too? <laughs> no, but so my yeah, husband and yeah. I are super competitive, and um, during our honeymoon, we went over here and we literally played Carnival Games for like an hour, and we crushed a bunch of little kids' dreams with winning prizes because okay, we were well, trying. To, just, we were so bad. competitive with each other. Sounds like something yeah. we would do. So I'm into yes, it. Hundred percent, what we would do. I told you I'd win you over. Um, no, you didn't so, win me over. I just agree with what you did to the little kids. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I just think personally, it just it's it's a fun memory that always comes up for us. Um, so I think that's why it is an underrated attraction for me. Well, I still hope uh, they knock down the whole place. I am the biggest defender of Dino Land USA and everything it stands for. And even I think you're out of line saying that the Carnival Games are the most underrated attraction at Animal <laughs> Kingdom. You can make a case that the entirety of Animal Kingdom is the most underrated attraction on property. But that's another podcast for another day. Correct. Uh, what are the top three fast passes that we must book? Now, this question's open-ended because there's a way of thinking that rides you must book or rides that I would book. Mm-hmm. So I kind of went rides that I would book in an order that I would book them. I think this is how I would do it again. There's some interpretation here. So, Jordana, let's go with you first. So, um, yeah, no, I kind of went with the same way. So, like, the first one I always go for is Flight of Passage, because that's one of those. Understood. Yeah. And actually, real quick, Andrew, is that your first one as well? Because for me, it's Flight yep. of Passage. Is not Flight of Passage. So, yep. okay. Absolutely. And I think uh, after that is kind of where we all differ on what we would do. Right, right. And then I'm going to hop over to Hollywood Studios. I was thinking, um, you know, with the new tier system, Slinky Dog Dash or Smuggler's Run, I'm going to go Slinky Dog. Yeah, so I'm going Smugglers with my second pick there. So that's, yep. Drew, what about you? I'm actually going to go Frozen Ever After, number two. Wow, bold. 
No, this is where we differ. If, on if the next your one. kids love Frozen and you want to get on that ride, yeah, it's you a need tough fast pass to get. So I think I know where Andrew is going with his third one after talking to him at lunch, and I think you guys know where I'm going remarkably, believe it or not. Um, but oh, well, we, last minute entry here because I did just change my last minute. So, so my last I think you and Andrew might share this one then. Oh, okay. So my last one, I was going to say Peter Pan, but I, mm. I'm starting to differ off because I want to go yeah, more with what I would do versus because we we talked you off the ledge of how a yeah, little bit good. Uh, a little little quick hit. If, as long as I can wanted, convince you on the carnival games, I'm just saying. If you want to go on Peter Pan's flight, I just recommend it's one of the first rides you go on and just get it out of the way. That that's the best way to handle Peter Pan's flight, no questions Sucks. asked. Anyway, right. but if you're gonna want, Bob, if you wanted to want it, I mean, that's I your don't best want to stop. go on. I'd rather go on Jungle Cruise. Do that. Um. So my third pick, anyway, is um Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Yeah, it's a good pick. It's a great pick. And that's my pick. So that that's a ride that's always going to have a line weight no matter what. So yeah. if you, you want to go on that ride as well, you need to do a fast pass or do on it first as well. So yeah, this my is also pick. one of the rides that the fast passes go very, very quickly. They do. Yeah. Agreed. So so my third pick on that is clearly Frozen Ever After, despite my, my hatred for the attraction on so many levels. Uh, it You have to get a fast pass for it because that line sucks. So Seven Dwarfs Mine Train would be a close fourth. In fact, it probably would have been there if Smuggler's Run wasn't brought on. Because I like Slinky Dog, but it is what it is. But I, I think uh, it would have been Flight of Passage and Seven Dwarfs and, and Frozen Ever After. But when Smuggler's Run, when that information hit the hit the presses, I said, tough not to say that's going to be your fast pass for that park. So, um, I mean, how do virtual boarding groups work? Um, well, I, I don't know if you, if anyone caught the pre-show that Andrew did. Uh, there's <laughs> been some recent changes to the boarding groups. So instead of a two-hour window, you now have a one-hour window to get back once you get assigned your group and it's time for you to go on your ride uh, on Rise of the Resistance. You, in fact, have an hour to get back to the attraction instead of two hours uh, but seeing as how the only person that has experienced this firsthand on the show tonight is Jordana, I will ask her to give you a very quick version of what she talked about last week with the virtual boarding groups. Yeah, so you have to go into Hollywood Studios. You have to be in the park. Once you're in the park, you um, go onto your My Disney Experience app. You click um, join a boarding group. It'll pop up right away. Uh, and... You click join a boarding group. It'll give you that boarding group um, number. And then while you're in the park or out of the park, you have about an hour. Uh, it'll call your boarding group number. Say you have an hour to get to the ride. You get to the ride. And then you ride it. Yeah, easy peasy, folks. There you go. Um, if you have any yeah. other inform- if you have any other questions about that, you can reach out to Jordana. Or just listen back to last week. She uh, gave you a little bit more a little bit more about her personal experience on it last week. So uh, not to keep referring to other episodes, but in the interest of time, and we still have quite a few questions, I think that's the best way to handle it. Um, This next question as well, uh, when are the smallest crowds? The answer probably is never, or it depends on what you consider to be a small crowd. It's never not going to be crowded at Disney. They average a million people a week at the properties, so it's always going to be crowded. Uh, If you're looking for a specific time of year, uh, the weeks after Thanksgiving to the two weeks, but the week and a half before Christmas. So it gives it a two-week window. 
of time where it's not really busy. And in February, uh, before the kids are out of school, before President's Week is a pretty slow time. And then time between um, real quickly, like uh, Easter, depending on when Easter falls, right up to Memorial Day is pretty low key. And then Memorial Day through the end of July is pretty packed. Um, but again, it, it really depends on what your definition of small crowds are. There really aren't small crowds anymore. There are just usually less people. It's not necessarily small crowds anymore, though. Uh, another one that's kind of ambiguous, and I think we'll cover it in a future episode, mm-hmm. we had what are they renovating for the 50th anniversary? Uh, that's almost an impossible question to answer in a timely manner. Yeah, maybe we could do that um, for our 50th episode. Maybe. That's coming up soon, folks. Andrew, I think, just wrote that down because it's not a conversation we've ever had. So excellent for our 50th episode. Maybe we'll do a 50th anniversary preview. Real quick, though, expect Tron to open up. Expect Guardians of the Galaxy to open up. And obviously a few things that I've got, too. But I think you won't see much at Animal Kingdom. And I don't think you'll see much at the studios either outside of when uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway opens up later this spring. So, um, last question for rides. Has there ever been a ride you've been bored on? And for me, it was easy. It was Universe of Energy. Despite my love for the original Epcot, Universe of Energy was a bore fest. Um, fun. When you were a kid and the dinosaurs and dioramas, it, it, I don't want to tell you it sucked, but uh, the ride was better than the, than the, the, the song for the ride was better than the ride itself. Uh, and Andrew, I think, would attest to that being the case with a lot of Epcot attractions, specifically the land also having a better theme song than ride itself. So That's for me, it was fact. universe. For me, it was universe of energy. Uh, you guys have a ride that you've ever been bored on. I mean, I think, I think you just, you did it for me. I mean, it's the obvious <laughs> living with the land. Yeah. You hate living with the land. That's okay. Yeah. It's, I'm going to go living with the land as well. Uh, you guys are nerds. And I'm pretty, I'm a pretty, I guess you know, I would, I, I guess I would be the nerd at that point though, for liking that attraction. So. You know what? I'm into recycling and conservation and all that good stuff. I don't know. I recycle my garbage. That's recyclable. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> and now for Andrew's favorite thing in the world. Yes. Mystery box time. Mystery <laughs> box. All right. Um, so what we're going to do is here, we have a lot of questions here. So I'm kind of going to do like a rapid fire answer. I, I, I kind of want to keep these short and not to like um, description and detail. Let's try to keep it to a high level answer. Uh, so that's the fun. That's what makes the mystery a mystery box, right? So first question, what is a realistic per person budget to set aside for, for kids and adults? I'm assuming this means in the part spending money. Um, so Jordan, I want you to go first. Um, for just spending money, I would say between 200 and 500 per person. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, just personal mm. pins alone. You're right. Yeah, that makes you sense. You know, um, Bubba spends that per sorry? day. Bubba spends yeah. that per day on yeah. pins. But like, if you're thinking about bringing souvenirs home, you know, stuff like that, mm-hmm. that's when kind of it starts adding up. But yeah. Um, for other people, but if you're thinking personally, I would say 200, at least 200 to 500 per person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I think that makes sense. I think there's yeah. ways around it. You could get mm-hmm. the pennies and, and whatnot, and some of the pins aren't that expensive. But if you really get into pins and stuff like that, it's going to add up quick. So I think a couple hundred bucks 
per person is ideal unless you're going to get yourself, unless you know going mm-hmm. in you're going to get a piece of jewelry or a watch or something like that that you know you're going to spend more on which i think is more of an ancillary cost than it is an actual budgetary mm-hmm. thing um, if you're going to go specifically with a plan to get something like that but yeah that i think that two to five per person makes a lot of sense to, especially depending yep. on how long you're going so yeah absolutely and i think that's a great question for someone that doesn't know never been and i think it really comes down to what you want and it's going to be hard because mm-hmm. there are so many cool souvenirs and merchandise Trinkets that you want to get yeah but um it's, it's really what you feel comfortable with uh if you want to do minimal and you know i find too if you put your kids on a budget and say listen here's what you're going to do you can get you know one big stuffed animal or you can get you know one small of these and one small all these you could pick when you want it and um you can kind of go from there as well well i know andrew routinely spends that much when he's down there on pop vinyls now the, the park exclusive pop well vinyls. i mean alcohol maybe <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on all right how much does a family of four usually cost so i i that, that that's a that's a big statement a big question because right? there's so many varieties of those that we talked about i find um if you include airfare which i would have to from new england I always kind of say about a thousand dollars per person, not counting like like dining or souvenir. So that would be all of your hotel, all of your travel, your memory maker, some add-on features, your park tickets. I find if you average, give or take a thousand dollars, it's gonna give you pretty close um, to what what you're thinking. I don't know what you guys' opinion on that is. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that makes sense, depending, but on a base scale. Um, yeah, if you're saying it all star, and again, we could break this down a million different ways and give you different prices. Figure, figure about four grand. That makes sense. Yep. Yep. And if you look at the official burn bond book, they say between 6,700 and 8,900, but I will say that does include the meal plan. So that's probably about what we said. Um, Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All the food in as well. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, next question. I want each of you maybe to give your top two of. Are there any non-Disney made apps that you find useful when you're in the parks? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Bob, what's your top two? Yeah, Disney World lines uh, put up by touringplans.com. Really fun. Um, I know people saying, well, "Why do you need that for?" I feel like their line times are actually more accurate than the Disney app, uh, which is <laughs> pretty cool. Um, and then, believe it or not, I'm gonna go with uh, the Lyft app, if only because I'm a sucker for the minivan service that's the only way i can book it is from the lift app so it's a must-have when i'm down there absolutely uh jordana i'm gonna go garden grocer i always like so to what the, get... i don't even know what that is so garden grocers you can um order all of your like groceries to be delivered to your resort um if like oh. just little things like i order i order like a case of water a couple granola bars just kind of stuff to throw in the backpacks nice. um so I always have that app um, just because whenever I'm getting ready for a trip, I can just quickly look at it and oh, and get my shopping list going. Um, and then I also have my airline app. So I usually I usually fly Southwest. Um, so just that to even sense. have the boarding pass, yeah, um, you know, in, in your phone and stuff like that. Uh, I just find it very handy. Yeah, clearly she's sense. the travel agent. Yes, clearly. Because I'm not thinking that. When I'm in the parts, I'm thinking of fun stuff to see that I don't know exists, and I'm never going to find it without some hints. And who better than to recommend our buddy Steve Barrett, who has the Hidden Mickey apps. 
but she has apps for both Disneyland and Disney World, and they cost you, though, about $7.99 a piece, and they help you kind of play a game of finding all the hidden Mitties. And then we don't have an app. Maybe someday, if, if we can get John Blanco to, to buy into this this uh, amazing idea. Poor John. John, don't listen to him. But um, we do have our hidden treasures PDF form that you can print and put in your pocket, kind of old-school technology way. That. And uh, that provides uh, kind of like Barrett's Hidden Mickey's. It's kind of hidden fats and hidden treasures that you can find throughout the parts. So something cool that you can use um, from us. All right. Um, next question is, which we kind of talked about a little bit last week, is are there payment plans to pay for the trip in advance? So the beauty about Disney is, is you don't owe anything completely. You owe your $200 deposit up front, and then you can not really pay until 30 days before check-in. So with that being said, you could technically create your own payment plan outside of Disney involvement and figure out a way to have all your money saved up by the 30 days. Um, and then anything after that, Disney wouldn't offer anything like that. I'm sure there's other places you could, you could um, look into. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one. I like the parts at Christmas time. When is the best time to go? So, Jordana, why don't you give us a quick little? Um, what was your thoughts here? So I think me and Bob agreed on this last week. Uh, we mm-hmm. talked about the week after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like I, I, the crowds are lower, and then it's also it just feels more Christmassy. So it's just you know you're getting you're done with Thanksgiving and you're starting to get into the Christmas spirit. Um, and I just think um, that that time, weather-wise as well, is just – it's beautiful. Absolutely. Yep. No complaints here. All right, Bob. This one – next one's very specific, and I think you can answer it. My <laughs> wife and daughter love arts and crafts. Mm-hmm. My son loves basketball and oh, video lucky games. Him. Lucky him. And I love Star Wars and animation. Is there something for all of us to do? Yes. Great. Next question. (laughs) Bob, why don't you tell me in 10 seconds each something for those people? The arts and crafts, when you go around World Showcase, you can make something at each of the uh, resorts, at each of the countries. Uh, I believe Jordana has a a thing for when uh, there's pool arts and crafts time at the resort hotels, which is a really fun time. Uh, Basketball, NBA experience, watch off flying balls. Uh, video games is a VR experience down in uh, further down uh, the void experience uh, and the hotels have arcades Star Wars I think we all know what the elephant in the room is and the animation thing there is an experience over at Animal Kingdom at the aforementioned conservation station uh, yeah there you go all set couldn't have done better myself um Let's see here. So this question, very bold. Um, do you have any information about the Disney Cruise Line? Um, yeah, Bob. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I think I. I yeah, uh, I we have a lot of information about the Disney Cruise Line, and we'll give it to you at another time. But if you want to get a cruise vacation, I think Jordana could help you out. Correct. Feel free to reach out to your favorite travel agent, and I would that be super happy to answer all your questions. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Another question is what is what is the My Disney Experience app? I think we've talked about it a little bit, but this is your central hub of everything you do once you plan the vacation and it's downloaded. Um, I think I think maybe we get more details in the future about doing this, maybe as well as Bob, like when the Genie app comes out, maybe we can mm-hmm. do like an app episode. Uh, mm-hmm. I talked about it in detail, but uh, 
we talked about it a lot, a lot last week, which I think kind of sums up everything you need to know. Um, what are some non, non-part things to do? All right, mm-hmm. everyone, let's do one thing around the horn. Jordana, what would you do? Shop at Disney Springs and go over my 200 to $500 budget. Correct. <laughs> you That's walk into that place, you're spending more than that. Yep. yep. Bob? Uh, hot air balloon ride. Uh, characters in flight and on the west side. Okay. A non-part thing. Does it have to be Disney related? No. Uh, can, can I say go to... Hey, it's your podcast. That's true. You make the rules. Non-Disney related. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm gonna. Let's do the obvious and say head over to Universal for a but day or two. There's some non-park things to do. If you go to Universal, that's going to a park. Uh, go play mini golf over there. Great mini there golf. There you course. go. Oh, you do like that mini golf course. I you love that mini golf for that. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Two more. Which Disney movie, live action or animated, that does not have an attraction, would you build an attraction for? This is right off the top. Bob, what do you got? Princess and the Frog. I don't know. It'd be a dark ride. It'd probably replace Peter Pan's flight. That's what I would do with it. Okay. Uh, solid <laughs> answer. Um, Jordana. Um, even though Animal Kingdom has this kind of, I'm gonna go up. I think that mm. up deserves its own. Ride. Oh yeah, that that show doesn't count. Yeah, please. That, that show, show doesn't sucks. really count. But I'm surprised like... that wasn't your underrated experience. Huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna shock the world here, Bob, and oh, go. Boy. Specifically in Epcot, specifically okay. in the Canadian Pavilion. Oh no, Brother Bear! My father, brother, brother Bear, Bear, my friend. Getting the, getting the Brother Bear laugh, the, the, the Brother Bear raft ride. It's fantastic. Brother Bear raft ride with some Phil Collins and the Mooses is kind of like you your your guides. Big uh, Phil Collins fan. Let's just have a pavilion dedicated. You were gonna say Duke Kaboom. Like oh. he. Oh. A Duke Kaboom stunt show. That's not bad. That's not bad either. Uh, last question here is a doozy. If we had to hire an additional host for our podcast, Gaston or the Beast? Jordana? Um, I said this before to Drew. I don't know if Bob was on here. I said that we can't do Beast because he's too much of a hothead and we already have too many hotheads on the show. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not wrong. <laughs> I'm going to go Gaston. I, I would go Gaston as well. I'd go Beast. I'd go Beast, my favorite character of all time. He Disney. gets soft, though. He gets too soft. That's good. We've we've softened our show a little bit. We're not as angry as we once were, so I'm going to go with Beast. That's true. Um, well, that's going to be all of our questions. You guys have anything you want to add last minute? or? Yeah, no, I just have one that we didn't talk about. Jordana, okay. what is the first thing you do upon arrival? Oh. Um, so we have this tradition that we go to um, we go to from Orlando airport before we even like the monorail over to the main hub my husband and I get Jersey Mike's sub every single it's tradition we have to I just needed to know I just needed to hear it out loud that was all that's it (laughs) hey I'm not going to ruin tradition whatever works for you nope Uh, well, before we wrap up this episode, we cannot thank you enough, Jordana, for coming on. Thank you so much for all of the, you know, the research you did, the time you put into this last two weeks, and um, truly making it um, enjoyable for us and hopefully our listeners. So um, we want to thank you again. And um, why don't you tell everyone out there a little bit about yourself, where they can find you, and what you do best? 
Yeah, definitely. I just want to say thank you so much for having me. Um, the last two weeks have been so much fun just prepping for the episodes and uh, talking Disney with you guys. But uh, to find me, feel free to add me on Facebook, my personal account, or, you know, I do have a business account, um, travelmation uh, jordana Izzo specializing in Disney uh, destinations. And you can also email me at jordanaizzo at travelmation.net, and I'd be more than happy to help you guys plan your vacations. Awesome. Um, again, thank you so much. I'm sure this will not be the last time we have you on. I'm sure. And we'll keep you in mind. And um, thank you again. Thank you. So, again, really quick for all of our amazing patrons out there or people that are looking to join patrons. Over the last two weeks, we gave you a ton of info, including tips, tricks, milestones, everything you need to do. We have created this amazing interactive checklist planning guide that's still in the works that will continue to evolve. And we're going to continue to revise it as, you know, maybe every year or so. And it will really help you understand your your planning process, and it will help you get there from A to B and all the way to Z. So if you want that, please reach out to us. We'll get it to you once it's complete, as well as if it might be a little bit of an incentive for uh, some new people to join, that will really, really help you. Um, So if you want to become a Patreon, head over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the disney guys uncensored and look for this amazing tool which will soon be available and of course we want to thank again all of those people that gave us these amazing questions which pretty much made this episode possible tim candy tim off elliot presume chris chamberlain chris Strait, peter tetrell sean mcdermott craig cook eric pichet john blanco eric Ferra, and ali charbonnet thank you again so much for all these amazing and fun and different types of questions to make us look a different way um random house of mouse is returning next week i know you guys missed it i knew bub's excited to get back at it so look forward next week we return to a a more standard episode with another special guest um so again listening for that and that is gonna wrap up this week's episode of all these listener questions and again if you have any feedback questions or comments give us an email at the disney guys uncensored at gmail.com all one word bub that's right uh, Head over to Facebook, join our Ohana group. That's um, our private group that we do a lot of communication with you guys. It's really become our home and, and uh, our communication to you guys where we do our live streams and things like that. Again, Patreon, don't forget, it's as little as $2 per month. You sign up, you put your PayPal information. It just comes $2 out of your pay, uh, PayPal account every month, once a month only. Um, if you really want, you can even bump it up a little bit higher, maybe the $10 tier. Why not? Uh, wherever you're listening to us, whether it's iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, Spotify, if they have the ability to do ratings or reviews, we encourage you to please do that. But most importantly, tell a friend. Tell a friend that you listen to us, that we're fun and we're cool, and, um, you know, help us out there that, that them listen. And lastly, if you want some really cool merchandise, head over to the DisneyGuys.RedBubble.com. Get shirts, stickers, mugs. Like we said, Jordana, a little guy, maybe a bib, um, whatever it might be. Uh, well, he's not even that little anymore, but uh, who knows? Maybe you get like, a bobblehead of us. Maybe we should try to make that. Uh, anyways, um, reach out, get some cool merchandise. We hope you enjoy the show. And again, thank you for listening to The Disney Guys Uncensored. May Walt Disney World bring joy and inspiration and new knowledge to all who come to this happy place. <laughs>